Hello, Everlife Church. Welcome to Everlife Digital. It is awesome to have you with us this afternoon. My name is Jess, and together with my husband, Shafin, we are the lead pastors for Everlife Church. And, um, you know, we are getting used to doing this Everlife Digital thing, but we miss your faces, and we look forward to being able to see you all again soon. You know, I'm excited to hear that some of the restrictions are being lifted from tomorrow, and we might actually be able to have some people around for dinner and, you know, just get back in touch with each other. So that is, that's just so exciting. There's hope at the end of the tunnel. Well, I wanted to share a message with you this afternoon that I hope will help you. It's called A, a, a Kit for Tough Times. And um, I've got in my hand here this little kit. I don't know if you can see it. It's a, it's a puncture repair kit. It is something that repairs... Uh, a flat tire on your bicycle basically and this is a really handy little kit to have especially if you ride to work as one of your main main modes of transport and if you roll over something sharp and you puncture your wheel if you've got one of these handy little kits on you well you are okay aren't you because you can kind of protect yourself from potential disaster I don't know you might be riding to a job interview you might be riding to an important meeting perhaps you might be picking your kids up from school and you're running late this can help avert disaster it can help protect you in your moment of need and so I was thinking about these handy little kits you can get them for all kinds of things I bought this for my kids bikes just in case something happens um and it's got a few little things inside it. And it got me thinking, you know, I, I feel like I have in my own life little kits that help me get through certain things. Because as a believer, as a Christian, we tend to have, I guess, or we often strive to deal with things and challenges a little differently to perhaps how we might, um, our feelings might be leading us to. And so I have this little kit. I have these things in my mind that I kind of whip out when I'm faced by challenging situations, by trials, by things that hit you. Because you don't usually get a lot of preparation, much like a puncture in your bike wheel. You don't usually get, uh, you know, oh, by the way, you're about to puncture your tyre. You know, you don't get warning. You just, it just happens. And so I wanted to share with you, you know, I'm a very practical person, just three kind of things that I have in my kit that helps protect my heart and helps protect my soul when all of a sudden I meet a trial or some kind of challenge and these these three things they just help me whether it's a big challenge a, a great tragedy or whether it's something small my day-to-day -day problem solving and so you know the first one I wanted to, I've called it's it's called um oh it's interesting I've got something in my notes that I I don't think I actually wrote um well I obviously wrote it but it's called it's called look up that's the first thing, look up. You see, when you suddenly get hit by something challenging, it's very tempting to just look at that problem and you like take your eyes off the problem and look up and remember, um, remember the bigger picture. Remember that God is good. You know, when we first get hit by something hard, one of the first, I guess, temptations or challenges that can come to our heart or our mind is to think, oh, is God good? Why has this happened to me? And we start to question the very 
person that will actually give us the grace that we need to come through the trial. But as believers, we are not surprised by trials. We're not surprised by challenges. In fact, the Bible tells us in James 1 verse 2, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. It's so casual when you meet trials of various kinds. It's like you're just walking along the road and hello, there's a trial. But that's life, right? It's just done, it's said so well. When you meet trials of various kinds, um, you know, for, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And then it says, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. So God actually tells us, you're going to meet trials of all kinds. So as a believer, we don't need to be surprised by the fact that we meet them. And when we meet them, we can instantly know that we have a good God, a God who will actually use the trial that we're about to walk through to birth good within our heart, to birth good within our character. You know, it is, it's an amazing thing that we serve a God who has the miracle working power to bring good out of something that the enemy has intended for evil, something that is bad, something that is hard. God can take that and bring good out of that. Surely that is the trait of an all-powerful God, that he can turn something like that and, and bring something good out of it, you know. And so sometimes we can see really tangible good come out of trials and other times it's less tangible. It's more that there's been something developed within you that is of eternal value. It might be a character trait. It might be something within you that actually is a beautiful thing that God then uses to help others and to bless others. It might be a preparation for a purpose that he has set aside for you to do in the future. And so, you know, in 2 Peter 1.5, we're instructed to add to our faith virtue, knowledge, self-control, steadfastness, godliness, brotherly affection, love. For Listen to this. For if these qualities are yours and increasing, they keep you from being ineffective. Wow. You know, just like a fiery or a police officer needs to train in order to get into their chosen profession, they have to meet a certain fitness criteria to be eligible to to get into those sorts of professions. They actually need to introduce to their body like an adverse environment, resistance to, to grow their muscles strong, to grow their body fit, to be able to endure. And so in a similar way, you know, God although he doesn't necessarily bring these things to us, he allows these things in our lives and then uses them for good, uses them to make us strong, uses them to make us fit, make us fit for purpose, so to speak, fit to do the things that he's called us to do. He will produce something within you that has eternal eternal worth and eternal value. You know, um, when Shafin and I, uh, before we planted Everlife Church, we were in Melbourne. And one of the, and Melbourne was a great preparation season for us. But one of the things that that we, I guess, a challenge we faced in Melbourne is that we didn't know anybody at all. We had no friends, and so we thought, okay, we don't have any friends. Feeling a bit lonely. Um, let's let's make some friends. And so we set about having people around our house every sort of Friday night. And so we would invite people that we didn't know to our home every Friday night where we would cook and host and, and learn to have conversations with somebody that we don't know, learn how to, how to do that. And isn't it strange, you know, a little while later we moved to Perth and the main strategy that God gave us for gathering a church and building a church was to invite strangers over for dinner. 
It's like our trademark. We'd been practicing it for for a long time before we moved to Perth. And, and who would have known that God would have used something that at the time felt like a bit of a trial, you know, not knowing anyone, having to make new friends, that God actually used that in our lives and, and made that part of our journey really not that hard as we came to plant Everlife Church. So, you know, tip number one or kit, kit item number one, look up. Keep the bigger picture in mind. Our God is good and he will use every trial you face to produce something of worth and value in your life. Number two, my second thing, I'm just pulling out random kit items. (laughs) I don't even know what this is. This is called rubber, rubber solution. Anyway, this is going to represent finding joy. You know, Nehemiah 8 verse 10, the Bible declares that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, this is in the context of the Israelites who were in a time of great repentance because they kind of realized the error of their ways, their circumstances were bad, things were bad, and they were grieving and, 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 you know, there was a great repentance and grief amongst them. And the prophet says to them, this is the word from God. We're going to make this day holy. This is me paraphrasing, of course. We're going to make this day holy. Go and eat good food, drink sweet wine, and do not grieve because the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's like, how cool is God? He loves us. He loves us. And that is where this joy comes from, in the knowledge that God loves us. He treasures us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. He has endless love, endless forgiveness. He is all about connecting with us. And so that's where this is founded in the joy of the Lord is our strength. But I always think it's interesting. It's like, go eat, go drink sweet wine and, and, you know, enjoy, know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I, I feel like in my life, I have things in my life that are small, just like, you know, they went and ate and drank. There's little things in my life that are evidences of the goodness of God in my life, really small things. But I think one of the key things to do to having your toolkit and even to practice when you're not through trials, so you're prepared when you go through them, is to see and identify the goodness of God in your life, the things that are there. And they can be so small. Like for me, I'll tell you one of mine. One of the things that I love to see, like a visual thing that is really pleasing to me, is a green plant, beautiful green plant. These, these are mine from my home. <laughs> I have more, don't worry. But they, they, they bring me pleasure. That When I look at these, I feel this like, oh, I don't know, it's hard to describe. It's like for some of you, it might be looking out at the ocean. You know, you get that moment where you just... It just it feeds your soul. It fills your tank. You think, oh, and you might not think this in your head, but I'm just like, this is evidence of God's love, of his goodness, of his delight in us. And so for me, what is so amazing about this gift is when I'm having a hard time, all I need to do is look out the window and it, and it fills my tank a little bit. And so I make a habit and a practice of looking out for things like this. There's other things in my life that bring me joy like my children. I mean, children are hard work, but oh, those chubby little cheeks and those chubby little legs and, you know, the things they say. I just, a few years ago, I, I mean, parenting is hard work, but a few years ago I thought, you know what? I worked hard for these kids. I mean, do you know what I went through to have these children. I'm going to enjoy them. I am going to enjoy them. I am going to take pleasure and joy in my children. And so I started doing that regularly. I started just like hugging them and just pausing and not thinking about the things that's hard, but just 
delighting in them. It's so good for our soul. And so that that is my second little kit point. Find the things that bring you joy in your life, the extension of God's goodness in your life. And sometimes we need to learn to see these things. I, I once helped a lady through my work out of a deep, deep, deep depression that she was in and I was helping her recover. And I used to drive her by beautiful things, beautiful scenery, hoping to distract her, hoping to give her a moment to, to be distracted from her anguish, you know. And so I used to drive her around these beautiful ocean views and, in the, and I used to try and get her to look at them. And, you know, she often couldn't even look out the window, wouldn't even look at the view. And I just, I was so persistent. I'm like, how can she not see the ocean? Come on, let's try again. I used to drive her back and forth and, hey, look, look, look. And, and one day as she started to recover more, she started to see. And she started to delight in the ocean. She started to see those views and it gave her a break from her anguish. And it just got me thinking, wow, it's good to train ourselves to see goodness. It's good to be in the habit of seeing the beautiful, good things, the extension of God's love to us. Because those things are a source of refreshing. They're a source of joy. So, so take joy. When you're hit by a trial, a sudden trial, you know, just look for that plant. Go to the ocean, whatever it is. Hug your husband, whatever it is that brings that refreshing to your soul, take joy and be deliberate in taking joy for the joy of the Lord is your strength and it will strengthen you. So my third point, I'm just scrolling through my notes. My third point is stick to the battle plan. And I've got this little scrapey thing. Apparently you have to scrape a tire to make it a bit rough to be able to stick a sticker over it otherwise it won't stick oh no it's this thing don't chuck that out of your puncture kit it's important <laughs> so anyway this is my little thing um stick to the battle plan you know when we go through trials there's often battles involved right it's not like we don't just float through a trial there's often battles involved we're out of our comfort zone and so ephesians six ten tells us a little bit about the battle plan says finally be strong in the lord and the strength of his might whose might our might Mm -mm. his might god's might put on the whole armor of god that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against rulers against authorities against cosmic powers over this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms that's kind of a really full-on scripture, like it can give you nightmares, I often think. But what is important about this scripture is it tells us that the schemes of the devil, the tricks, you know, the schemes, the tricks, the games, the schemes of the devil will be hanging around the trials that you're facing. And sometimes I think just recognizing this is like you're halfway there to not being sucked in by them. Just recognizing that the schemes of the devil will be hanging around, you know, um, the Bible tells us that as believers, we're to be strong in his might, the might of the Father. And so what does that mean? What does that look like? If you go on and, and look more into the scripture, it shows you that actually that means truth. That means righteousness. That looks like the gospel of peace, the word of God, prayer. When you think about, you know, righteousness, what was that? What does that mean? You think about the, the, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. 
against these things there is no law that the, these are this is righteousness and it, they don't really sound like weapons and we can be i don't know fooled into thinking sometimes that these are passive or weak but the bible tells us this is to be strong this is to be strong in the lord's might in the lord's way that we are god's kids and this is our way but isn't it tempting to go off on our own tangent when we're overwhelmed by emotion and overwhelmed by circumstances certainly it is for me and when this happens to us we can be tempted to 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 abandon the battle plan to to move off that and go without i guess our feelings our natural way you know as christians we have like a spirit a spiritual way things that are at home with our spirit things that are who we are in god our identity is to fight with god's ways is to do uh yeah stick to the battle plan god has but then we've got this sort of natural flesh man who wants to do it another way and so you know i just want to encourage you and i encourage myself when i'm faced with those moments don't pick up the weapon of harsh words that's not going to help us don't pick up that weapon of perhaps it's like i can't do this anymore i'm walking out on my spouse i'm abandoning i'm heading off i can't do it anymore don't pick up that weapon that's not going to help you that's not fitting for a son or daughter of god you know perhaps is giving in to fear and overwhelming anxiety and and ref- and shrinking back that's not fitting of a son or daughter of god that is not a how we stand strong that is not the battle plan and so that is that's something that i remind myself stick to the battle plan and the reason that it's important to stick to the battle plan is like when you're going through a trial you already got enough to deal with right but when you start to go off on your own tangent and you get angry or you, you say things you shouldn't or you try to control somebody or something or you become afraid and you run or perhaps you comfort yourself with overeating and wine and i don't know whatever else let's not let's not add any ideas to the list you know these things actually can be like opening up a door in our lives to the schemes of the enemy think of it like you're in iso you're at home with all your kids you're sick of the four walls of your house and uh oh you've left your back door open and now all the flies have come in and maybe the next door neighbor's cat right and so now you got a lot more to deal with it was already a trial isolation but now you got all the flies and the next door neighbor's cat in your house too that's what it's like when we go when we depart from the battle pan we go off on our own tangent and we kind of open the door to the schemes of the enemy because when we open our doors like that we kind of um i guess anger and 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 sin basically inhibits the power of god in our life and opens up the door to the ways of the enemy but when we stand strong and stick to the battle plan you've got full access uninhibited power from god in your life for those things 2 2 corinthians 10 verse 3 says though we walk in the flesh we're not waging war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare they're not of the flesh but they have divine power to destroy strongholds wow So those innocent things, truth, kindness, gentleness, prayer, self-control, 
and many more like it. They're powerful. They destroy strongholds. They block the work of the enemy in your life. They, na- they help you navigate your trial. So stick to the battle plan. I'll tell you one quick story about prayer and a way that I use prayer in a, in a situation that I was in because God is an ever-present help in time of need. I was in a church situation with my three children. My husband was overseas on a missions trip. I was on my own. And I walked into this church and a, a young man became fixed on me and my kids. He was crossing all kinds of boundaries, asking invasive questions and following me around. And I was feeling really afraid. And I knew, I thought, oh, toolkit, there's something spiritual going on here. And, you know, this sort of, I put my kids into kids' care and went into church and he continued, there was activities at church and he continued to come and harass me basically and I was thinking God what am I going to do and anyway everyone went back to their seats and he wasn't sitting near me and I went back to my seat and I was on the aisle and I thought I'm just going to leave before the last song get my kids and like get out of here and then he came and stood next to me randomly there was no reason to blocking my way out of the building and I was and I felt that fear again and I I thought what am I going to do And I remember God is my ever-present help in time of need. This is a battle that is spiritual. That Jesus, and I prayed, God, I ask that you would break the fixation that this young man has got towards me and my children. Let it be as though he never met me. Like a moment later, he turned around and walked out. I'm like, awesome. I went. I went out, I got my kids and I passed him in the foyer as I was leaving church and it was as though he'd never met me, not a flicker of recognition. God is our ever-present help in time of need. God's weapons, they're enough, they're powerful, so don't depart from the battle plan, stick to it. And so those are my, my keys for you when you're faced with the suddenness of a trial. Lift your eyes. Remember that God is good in that moment and see the bigger picture. The second one is find joy. And the third one is stick to the battle plan because it's everything you need. He is powerful. He is present in time of help. So, Father, I just thank you for for your people. Lord, I ask, Lord, that people would learn and understand how good you are, that that people would understand your, your power and your love in their lives. Lord, right now I ask, Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to your people reveal the things that you've given them to help them reveal your love to them reveal the gifts and the goodness and evidence of that in their lives in jesus name amen 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 that was so good what an awesome powerful word from my amazing wife from jess can we just all give jess a big round of applause Woo! a virtual round of applause so good and Jess really spoke a lot about how much God loves us. He's our ever-present help in time of trouble. Earlier, I said that he's our help in terms of our financial our struggles and wrestles that we can go through. But do you know what? The greatest help that God has given us in this life is his help of forgiveness. His help where he invites us, not just to know about him in theory, but actually to know him, to know our God and our creator for ourselves. And this is what we, why we come to church. This is why we sing these songs. This is why we have these smiles on our faces because all of us, to one degree or another, encountered the reality of God's love for us. And, you know, I don't know whether some of you have been to church before or not. I don't know whether you've ever heard about God or believe in God. But, you know, what? He loves you so much. That last Easter, the Easter just gone a few weeks ago, we celebrated the fact that Jesus died on the cross to pay for the debt of sin that caused the barrier between us and God. 
We believe that Jesus rose from the dead, victorious over sin, victorious over disease and over death as well. And now in his hand is, is a gift outstretched towards each one of us. Will you take my hand and begin a relationship with me? Will you receive my forgiveness? Will you receive my gift of eternal life? As good as life is in this life, the offer is hope even beyond this life that we have now. And it all starts with our simple yes to Jesus. Jess shared about leaving your back door open and how the flowers come in. But do you know what? God wants us to actually invite the front door of our heart, to invite God to come into the lounge room, to the rooms of our heart, that he might meet us where we are in our deepest darkness and meet us and lead us through our greatest joys, the mountains and the valleys. But his heart is he wants a relationship with you. It's what you've created for and it's what will truly satisfy the deepest longing of your heart. And I know it definitely has satisfied the deepest longing of my heart. And so what it begins with is a simple prayer. It's a simple prayer that begins with the heart and it says, yes, God. I say yes to Jesus. I put my trust and my faith in you right now. And so if that's you right now and you want to for the first time now, this is a phenomenal opportunity for you to begin a relationship with God. Now is your opportunity. Now is your chance that God is offering you. Maybe you've drifted from God for many years and you know what, you've been questioning this whole thing, but you want to draw a line in the sand and go, tonight, in this moment, I don't get it all. In fact, there's been hurt and pain in my life that I just don't understand. But tonight is God saying, but understand and put your faith in my love for you. I'd invite you just to say a simple prayer with me right now that basically says, yes, God, I invite you to come in to my life. I submit and I surrender my life into your hands. Would you join me as I pray right now? Lord God, we come to you right now. And God, we put our trust and our faith in what you've done for us through Jesus. God, we ask forgiveness for the things that we know that we've done wrong. We receive your forgiveness because of what you've done in the cross. God, we put our faith and our trust in you that you rose from the dead to give us eternal life and a hope beyond this life. Would you come and fill me with your love? Fill me with your spirit. I open the front door of my heart for you to come in. I surrender my life into your hands. And right now, as of this moment, I take your hand. I put my trust in you, Father God, to lead me from this point on, all throughout the rest of my life, until that day that I see you face to face. And Lord God, I pray for the, each of those people that have prayed that prayer for the first time or prayed it. Once again, I pray for a fresh infilling of your spirit, of your love, and of your joy, and of your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.